Has this ever happened to you? You're in the middle of planning a heist when who should show up but your mortal enemy? Then one of your friends has confidence issues in the bathroom and your other buddy is hiding in your pocket as a mouse? Sure, we've all been there. Pockets get ripped, hairs get cut, water gets made. We listen to episode 32 of Taz Graduation so you know what that means. It's time for Talking Taz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Taz, your weekly journey through the worlds of the Adventure Zone graduation. With you, as always, is me, your host and producer, PJ, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hi! Lauren, what do you think of this episode? This one was so, like, off-the-rails wild to me. Why? I mean... Just because, like, every, like, a lot of stuff happened? A lot of stuff happened, and it just goes to show that what I, like, how I do stuff is just so completely different from how the boys do all of these things because everything they did I was like I never would have thought of that I never would have thought of that what are you this is so wild to me so it just like I don't know it was just like surprise after surprise after surprise for me yeah it was very creative thought process on a lot mm-hmm. of stuff and I mean it also was benefited by good roles at least for the first half of the episode that's true for at least for the first half yeah and you know we just kind of get through a lot here but it's all still just almost kind of just planning in a weird way like obviously we're actually in the middle of the heist but like it feels very like kind of non-substantive to the heist 100 percent. i i don't know what i was anticipating it wasn't what happened not that it was bad i still had a good time i still enjoyed myself i just when the episode faded at the end i was like okay so heist next time yeah so let's jump into it. Mm-hmm. Let's just get let's just start getting through it. With a very anticlimactic ending to the cliffhanger from last week, which yes. is uh the Commodore turns to Argo, smiling, and he greets him with a handshake. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Argo sets how he regretted how they parted last time. And he's clearly oh. putting on an act. And the Commodore's like, Hey, shut up. We're <laughs> friends here. And like a lot's going on and ever you know you're cool everyone i trust this man with my life so clearly this feeds into what i was saying last week where the commodore is like clearly here under gray's jurisdiction and he's like hey i know we like have beef suck it up we gotta get along for this eventually though bailey does come out the secretary and she begins to give argo his haircut everyone's really hoping that this uh dumb dumb haircut plan goes off the rails because they're all kind of a little mad at clint for doing it <laughs> for doing this at all uh, yeah they're like uh yeah i don't know how this is helpful to the heist and <laughs> fun fact i was listening to this while i was taking out trash okay and when she rolled the net 20 on his haircut i almost dropped it down the stairs because i was <laughs> laughing so hard <laughs> i yeah i remember the first time i listened to this episode too and they were like, all right, let's see how bad of a haircut you're going to get. Oh, my God. She rolled a nat 20. And I just started cackling because it's so funny. So Argo has a beautiful shag haircut now. Stunning. His original haircut option, by the way, it was so weird because he was like he wanted it like feathered at the sides with bangs. And I just thought of like like flock of seagulls almost, I guess is what that would be. Yeah. Flock of seagulls. I was thinking like Farrah Fawcett, like. You know, like that very 70s haircut, which Farrah Fawcett kind of had. But I mean, like, because he has shorter hair than Farrah Fawcett. He does. Well, it depends on the fan art. It does, honestly, actually. Mm-hmm. And then, for some reason, when I think of bangs, I, like, the only ones that I think of are, like, 
like Zoida Schnell bangs. <laughs> Where they're just like, does she have like the curtain bangs or is she just more like straight bang? Straight bang. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like, that's what I imagined. But yeah, Farrah Fawcett is probably way closer to what he actually meant. Or Flock of Seagulls. I can see that too. I just imagined Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because he started with bangs and then went to feathered sides because he wanted it feathered up. That was a big part of it too. Right. When I was younger, I hated how thick my hair is because I have very thick hair. Okay. And one of my sister's friends was like, oh, I can like thin and feather it for you. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And so she just messed up my hair because she didn't actually know what she was talking about. Oh, no. Just it's atrocious, the haircut I had. Oh, no. I mean, luckily, my dad got home and was just pissed and like <laughs> took me to a barber the next day. That's good, at least. Oh, man. She just like took a razor blade to my hair, basically. <gasps> she was like, we'll thin it with a razor blade and then we'll feather it out so that it looks like fluffier <laughs> and like more airy. And it did not look like that. It looked like uh, I had been attacked by a pack of small chinchillas that fought in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when this happened? I was like 12. I was in like uh, maybe seventh or eighth grade. I don't know what grade that is, what age that is. Oh, that is such an impressionable age, too. Oh, and I also thought she was so hot, so I would have let her do anything. You would have let her do anything. So she must have been like high school, right? Yeah, because my sister is like four years older than me. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, but like it's so funny because like when you're like an elementary school kid, middle schoolers look so old to you, mm-hmm. and uh, high schoolers look like full on adults. And when you're in middle school, you're like, wow, those like seniors and like eleventh graders look like adults, adults. But then like the second you're out of high school, you're like, oh, those were all children. Those were all little babies. They were babies because like they look so big and mature to you when you're a child yeah even just in middle school like you see high schoolers and you're like wow the big kids almost you know (laughs) but then the second like you're like i remember the first time because my wife skylar has like a little sister who like i you know saw like grow up from like middle to high school like Mm -hmm. through the course of our dating and i remember like when she was like in her like junior senior year we were at like a family gathering and i was like is this what juniors and seniors look like? She's a child. <laughs> She's a baby. And then I like, you know, just have other friends on Facebook and stuff who like their younger siblings were starting to graduate. And I was like, and I started, see, started starting to see pictures from graduations. And I was like, oh no, we were all children. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you make that realization as you get older. Cause you're like, oh my God, these like freshmen, they, they keep, coming in every year and they're like smaller and smaller and it's like no they're the same you just didn't realize how young you were yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know how we got here oh yeah hair haircuts (laughs) so as the haircut is happening master fearbook has awakened from his drug trip and he's gonna take his leave of holifer while scoping out the security guard rotation he's Mm -hmm. able to determine you know there's like a certain pattern with the guards Mm-hmm. They're relieved for lunch breaks. There's a period in the early morning, middle of the day, and evening where traffic is lighter. You know, he's kind of just getting all the beats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The boys decided to have Fitzroy disguise himself as Holifer rather than Fearbolg because obviously the second they were like, hey, Holifer, he'd be like, I am not Holifer. <laughs> and instead, they are going to have Fitz Holifer escort Argo while Fearbolg wild shapes into a mouse and hides in Fitzroy's pocket, which is so cute. It's so cute. And at this point, Argo did manage to steal 
Bailey's badge. Oh, yes. I completely forgot to mention. He like like a 38 sleight of hand. Yeah, welcome to It was Rogue. so funny. They were like, wow, what a bad plan. Sleight of hand that. And I was like, did you guys forget that he's a rogue? This is like literally one of the best things that he could do. Yeah, and he literally can't roll below a 10. Nope. And unless he not once, and he has a plus 13, so it's going to be a 23 minimum. So So this is like There's the really best. only one there's a 1 in 20 chance that he does not succeed here. But he hella succeeded and he has hey, ba- Bailey's badge to which get Bailey some has security. the escortable badge. Yes. yes. Whereas Holifer can has unlimited access. Yes. So Holifer can be the escort for someone with this badge to go down into archives. And with a tight time limit, they head down to archives. Again, a lo- just like last episode, a lot of description on how the archives looks, mm-hmm. which we will not get super into because it's a lot of information that he's giving us. Yes. The important thing is that there are like security scanners scanning the area, mm-hmm. but also scanning for badges as well as a whole new set of guards are down there. So obviously... If they aren't careful, they could get caught just by that. Mm-hmm. One of the guards spies Argo enjoying his new haircut <laughs> and asks how he even gained access to the lower levels. And Argo claims he's a secret shopper, <laughs> which reminded me, uh, shout out to our player, Noel. Yes, Noel. Who pulled out the, like, the biggest ass pull of a, of a move in D&D I've ever seen yes. and just succeeded like nobody's business. Yes. I had like a room full of orcs uh and this is early level so like those were like bad bads at that point and even then it was a room full of them yeah and they had to get something from the other side so she decides mind you she decides i don't know why you did it you're the rogue but then again mm-hmm. you would have probably been like no that's too dangerous i'm not gonna do it again i overthink everything but so she the monk decides to just like stealth her way through the room full of orcs to get to the other side and try to stealth back and i have her do a series of stealth checks because obviously that's quite perilous right and she fails one, and obviously, so she went in by herself, so everyone's outside, and she's now this tiny little mouse folk, early <laughs> level monk, so she's not, like, the deadliest catch yet. Right. Uh, and, like, the orcs are like, what are you doing here? And she, out of nowhere, is just like, essentially, is like, I'm undercover bossing you guys, and the fact that I got this far into the room, is a like, disgrace. you're failing. It's a disgrace. And I was like, you're gonna need to give me the freaking role of your lifetime. And of course, Nat 20. Mm-hmm. No question about it. They all get so scared. They're like, please don't tell our boss. <laughs> we'll let you do whatever you want. Please, please, please. What do you need? <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, God. I cannot believe that worked. I cannot believe. It. I, I was excited that it worked. Like, I wasn't mad about it. Yeah. But like, when she gave her the plan, I was like, I don't mean this in a mean way. You're gonna need to give me the role of a lifetime to succeed here. Yes. And like, you're not even a charisma class. No, she's not. And you are always so, <laughs> so generous with us when we do stuff like this. You like ask for a role and let it happen. But you also like honor the role. And this completely messed up part of the plan. But you, because you are such a good DM, you enjoyed that and you were like okay well like now what am i gonna do and like this is how we're gonna reconcile what you just did to throw off my plans so it was a really great moment not only for noelle because she had just that incredible comeback that succeeded but also because you played along with it and you honored what happened and we were able to continue through the story that you had to redo everything for but 
it was great. I, I never mind it. Hello, everyone. It's me, PJ, your frolicking fella. Here's always to thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode. It's a short one, but it's a good one. Well, it happened. The boys up their schedule and we missed the finale. But not to fret, we'll get there eventually. As this episode releases, we officially will be six episodes behind of their episode 38 finale, which also released today. While we would have loved to catch up ahead of time, the boys switching to weekly episodes in anticipation of Griffin's paternity leave threw a wrench in that. But obviously that's what had to be done, and we congratulate Griffin on being a new dad once again. Additionally, Lauren and I have both returned to full-time jobs, which hasn't made the rest of the process any easier. Hell, if I was still unemployed, I would have just cranked out an episode a day until the finale. But alas, the double-edged sword of unemployment strikes true. Even with our return to work, you can still continue to expect two episodes a week until we're caught up in three weeks. At which point we will do a graduation post-mortem, a new DVV Adventure Zone Zone Zone, and maybe even start up with a new campaign. Or not! With work getting crazier and crazier, we'll make sure to keep you posted on what the future holds for us. Make sure to stay up to date for that news by keeping up with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talkin' Taz. On Facebook, you can also find the official Talkin' Taz group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, talkin-taz.pinecast.co for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends about it and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Now for the question of the week. Heist, heist, heist. You love to plan them, you love to see them succeed, and you kind of love to see them fail. Has your party ever pulled off, or at least tried to pull off, a wild heist? Were you the Danny Ocean to your party's wonderful 11? Or was the guard staff just a little too wily for your own good? Let us know. We'd love to hear about it. Now, back to the podcast. But you did remind me of something that upset me this episode. Oh no, what happened? And I forgot to mention it. I completely forgot to mention it, which is when Fitzroy puts on the ma- the mask of many faces mm-hmm. to become Holifer, he rolls pretty bad. He rolls a nine. Yes. And they're like, yeah, you did bad. But last week, we is- or two weeks ago, I think, we established that the magic isn't just a roll. It's a roll plus your spellcasting modifier. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So he should have done better. They're, they just forgot the homebrew they set up for this. They must have because as because he it was, was rolling. Like, if you're going to do magic, it's it's a roll plus your spellcasting modifier. Yes. And so they were like, you need, Travis was even like, the DC here is 10. You have to do a 10 or better to have this spell work and so when he rolled a nine i was like great that's a success because it's nine plus his spell casting modifier but all of them were like oh man no that's a failure you don't get to do this thing and i was like no 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 we established in the homebrew rules that he adds his spell casting modifier which probably isn't very high but it's at least a two or a three like if we're wrong correct us in the comments i but i'm pretty sure that that's exactly what they set up no that that is also what i remember because i'm the transcriber so i also had to like write it down and you remember something better after you've written it down and i distinctly remember writing the homebrew down of you're doing roles and then you get to add your spell casting modifier to see if it's a success yeah so like still if we are wrong if i am remembering it wrong let us know but i'm 99% sure Oh, yeah, I was right. not like mad at all of them being like, you're all like, this is bad. It was just like, guys, remember the rules you set in place. Right. You would have succeeded otherwise. Yes, he ab- it was absolutely a success. It was a it was a success. But then it wasn't because they forgot how it 
worked. Always, 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 always. It's like, I mean, we haven't seen it in a while, but it's kind of like how like Argo has like only done like two or three successful sneak attacks. Like completely. This, this entire <laughs> campaign because they forget how sneak attack works and Travis legitimately does not know how 5e rogues work. No. Which is like such a shame because. But like literally the last time he did a sneak attack, he did 1d6 extra damage. And I was like, you're like level eight. What are you talking about? Minimum four or five extra dice, sir. Like, ugh. They just like, sometimes I love that they don't know the rules because they kind of get to kind of play around a little more aggressively. Right. But sometimes I'm like, learn the rules that are going to benefit you. Exactly. Exactly. At least play by the rules to the point where it like will help you through the situations. Minimum. If not the ones that are like detrimental, I get those, but like, mm-hmm. c- come on. Come on. But back in the archives, obviously Argo and the guard are kind of discussing everything. And that's when Master Fearbug pulls uh, up from Argo's pocket and leaps onto the guard's face. As his little mouse form. As his little mouse self. And I was like, oh, wow. And then and in the chaos that ensues, Argo swaps his badge from Bailey with the guard's badge. Genius. Obviously Genius. succeeds on yes, doing that. Because he is so distracted and he's a rogue. Yeah, and he, you know, he's able to swap their badges, grab the mouse, and the guard kicks him out of the archives. But with that, they now have guard-level access to the archives. Exactly. And Fitzroy, disguised as Holifer with the the masks thing, got a very clear look of the archives, too. So, like, they have all the information that they need. They now have the badge that they need. So, as wild as this was, it was a success. A huge success. And as time is running up, Fitzroy tries to disguise himself as a guard he dismissed, but his magic fails him again. However, this time Argo has returned, and he looks Fitzroy straight in the eyes and tells him he can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Fitzroy doesn't really care about the words. He's more impressed with that shag haircut. <laughs> and with that inspiration from that beautiful shag, he's able to cast his spell. Oh. And now that he's succeeded on casting his magic, he now gets a permanent plus one to the roll. So- Okay. So I guess we're changing the rule, I guess. I yes, I think they had a system in place, but they probably discussed it off podcast and were like, well, cuz they were probably like, well, just adding spellcasting modifier might be too easy. I don't mm. know. Maybe let's build up to it. Sure. I just wish they had that conversation with us. Yeah. <laughs> as listeners. Like listen, even though it was frustrating, it's not that I'm mad, it's that I was disappointed that they had forgotten this thing that they had set in place. But like you said, it sounds like they're rewriting the rules now to where now that they're every single time Fitzroy casts a spell and has a success, he will get an additional plus one to whatever it is he's trying to succeed on. Yeah, 100%. I don't dislike this mechanic. Honestly, I think it maybe works a little better. Oh, I think so too. But I just, again, you Remember know, it's just frustrating. Stuff. Remember <laughs> your stuff. Or again, if you're, I think it's. It behooves an actual play podcast to, if you're going to change the rules that you established, to let your listeners know. Yes, because we right? are all operating. We're all there with you. Exactly. And from what we remember, and like PJ and I were saying, from what we remembered, the rules were completely different. So, and it's kind of like the wild magic surges that we've talked about. Where like, Where how they is just he... change the rules every episode. Yes. Like, how is he coming up with this? How is he measuring it? 
it's, you know, they don't, I guess they don't have to. It doesn't really take away from the enjoyment of the story overall. Clearly but for it people, does for us. We spend I, like 12 minutes each episode, they change the rules talking about it. I mean, yeah, because you and I are D&D nerds and we're like, I can't follow this mechanic and I don't understand what's going on. But I'm also that listener who's like, oh, he has a plus 12 to this. So like if he rolls anything it's kind of like, you know, in, if you're writing a fantasy a fantasy novel, they, you almost have to have like a Bible of what your what rules your world works by. How does magic work in your world? How do different races and species work in your world? Mm-hmm. And if you break from the rules that you establish, even in just a book, your readers are going to be like, wait, I thought it was this. Yeah, you've broken the trust, essentially, and you've shown that you're yeah. an unreliable narrator. Exactly. So, I'm a, again, it's not the end of the world, but I just, it's something to bring up. I mean... What are we going to do? Not yell about it on a, on our podcast where all we do is yell about this podcast? Like, Yeah, if, listen, this is where we're going to get our feelings out. I also have like a little bit of a gripe with what happens next, but it's a stupid gripe. <laughs> so okay. Fitzroy, you know, obviously has now successfully turned into Levi, the other guard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what he does is he grabs Argo and Master Fearbog by the scruffs of their neck and starts to drag them out as Holifer approaches. Mm-hmm. Essentially trying to be like, I'm trying to get these guys out of here. Right, right, yeah. And Master Fearbulk says he can explain, since he knows Holifer, Ugh. and lies, by the way. Lies. He does. And I was like, he didn't even, did, did we Did we see him use the ring? Is he just lying? No, what's happening? What's happening? Oh my <laughs> uh, This isn't what I was mad at in the slightest. Love this, love this, Yeah, love no, this. I thought it was so cool. Before we move here, though. Okay. This is like the exact plan that Fitzroy tried to do in Mission Impossible when he disguised <gasps> himself as like the, the demon, demon lord and was like come out my my children i have food and for you and suckle from my teeth <laughs> i'd never forget and he rolled like a tw- like a 19 or a 21 on his persuasion there and gra- and Travis didn't let them believe him that's right but here we have like the greatest guard in all of Nua and it works on them He's just making up for impossible. He's making up for it. Just I wasn't mad at it working here. I think no. it's a solid plan. Yeah. It just reminded me how mad I was in impossible when it didn't work. Because if you go back to the Mission Impossible episodes, you'll hear PJ being like, "It's just if we're gonna ask for a role, like you need to make it matter." <laughs> So it just brought up a lot of trauma, okay? I had a lot of PTSD in this episode, okay? But the Fear Vogue, I I mean, he says, I mean, technically he doesn't lie, right? He just doesn't say the exact truth. So all he says is, I had a bad trip from the scone and Argo is my friend who wants to help me. Yes. Both of which are true. Neither is the current situation because Holifer didn't stop and say, what what's going on here so holifer didn't ask a question so right. Fearbulk isn't lying Fearbulk just says i can explain i had a bad trip from a scone separate fact argo is my friend trying to help me exactly genius 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 genius, genius. so genius because i was like is this boy about to lie no he's just getting smarter he is getting so smart and how he phrases things. Yeah, and it completely works. Holifer believes it. So Fitzroy, as Levi, is able to drag them out the front door and they leave sprinting back to Althea's house to prepare for their big day tomorrow. And the episode fades. So no heist this no episode. Heist yet. This was a quickie, honestly. It was. It was super, it was a lot of super planning. Fast. It was a little, is a lot of out of character being like, all right, how do we do this? Which I loved. I love... That they like finally took the time to be like, this is a big thing. Let's talk about it. Yes. They often 
especially in like the early, early campaigns with like amnesty and balance, they just like went into situations and just yes, anded everything. And I love that they're now in this campaign stopping every now and then and saying, okay, listen, out of character, table talk, what are we doing? But can I say, I also love when they just throw themselves at a wall and yes, and it, yes, and their way to success. I mean, both things work, right? Clearly, because they ended up succeeding in this and they did succeed in the other campaigns so there's no right or wrong way to play D. &D. i like getting a peek behind the curtain myself but see where i'm like let's just go let's just go see that's that's you though i'm always the player who is like what are we doing how are we going to do this i need to know all 20 ways in and out before i make a decision whereas like i'm the one that's like all right i think this is the best option let's go yeah yeah we play very very differently which is, you know, it's good because then there are times where people listen to my character and we take our time and we end up finding like the traps or the secret door. But then there are other times where we just we just got to make a decision and someone like PJ's character will come in and be just like that door. I don't know why that door. Yeah. One of us will be boring. The other one will be actually fun. Yeah. It's, I, I'm the boring one. <laughs> No, I know. It's it's like completely the smart way to play. But I almost always play like characters that are like pure id or like too gung-ho for their own good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like I always play characters that are like, yeah, let's just go. Come on. Like, why are we wasting time here? Or I play characters that are so smart that they don't trust anyone's opinion but their own. Like yes. Indra was a like planner. But like the second that she was like, all right, well, this is a plan. We don't need to discuss this further. That's it. It's over. I have thought about everything. I have weighed the options. I have decided this is what we're doing. But I mean, I think that's the way to go, right? Because if you have people who are only my character level of like cautious and wanting to make sure that they have all the information before they move forward, you move very, very slowly. And you... This is... Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. Yeah. You either need a solid balance Mm -hmm. or you need all a party full of people willing to go for it. You cannot have a party full of planners. Nothing will ever happen. Nothing happens. It goes, yeah, it becomes very boring very quickly. In a party with a chaos or gung-ho person, the planner is your ground. Yes. So you just need to make sure, really for like the best, most exciting experience, you need a balance as far as You need a Taz balance. You need... That's it. It's the adventure zone. The adventure zone. Oh, I miss that. Oh my oh, god. Memories. I love balance so much. Balance is everything. But anyway, you need a balance in your group as well in order for it to like play well. And I mean, it's working for these boys. I think everything is going really well. I'm excited to see the heist hopefully next week. I mean, that's what we thought was going to happen this week. Yeah, 100%. I <laughs> so was like, okay. So who knows? Maybe we'll be like episode 38 being like, all right, the heist is finally going to kick off, boys. <laughs> they went shopping at Barnes and Nobles for five episodes and now we're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I, I hope it is next week and I hope it is as wild and wacky as we thought it would be last episode for this episode yeah that's what i hope too so uh but unfortunately that's where we are gonna have to call it this week yep until next time i have been pj i have been lauren and we'll see you next thursday when we are once again talking taz Uh